Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Leyline Junction, a metaphysics podcast. Later this hour, you will hear us talking about. I feel like we're. I feel like the last few episodes, we've maybe been like very serious about like, oh, it's like this, and there's like, look at this artwork and this nuance of of this or whatever. But I've pulled this and it was like, oh, someone's going on a cruise. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fun. All that and more coming up this hour. Welcome to the Leyline Junction. Joanne, Teresa, welcome to the podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you here. We we are going to be discussing the sixes today, um, but there are a couple other things that that have kind of come up recently that I wanted to ask you about, just some things I'm curious about. So I am still searching for decks myself you know i still have my two favorites anyways as i was looking uh i noticed this one deck and i wasn't particularly interested in it though it did have some really nice art but i noticed that it was done entirely with ai now being a teacher i'm like constantly talking and lamenting the state of how we're using AI, but I am I am kind of curious. What would you think of an AI created deck? I'm not a fan of AI. And it's because art it's supposed to be expressive. An AI generated deck, I think in all honesty, AI has its place. But I don't think it's an art. Right. It's not. AI is not an artist. The art comes from the person. I feel that there is an energy transfer, whether you think that's too woo-woo or not. For me, that holds true. To me, I feel that the art of the illustrator and the, the people who collaborate on this there is an energy that flows through and that's why we are drawn to certain decks. We're drawn to what that artist or that um, writer, I mean, they're all artists, but we're drawn to the messages or the way that they're interpreting um, certain life experiences. We resonate with their same life experiences on some level. I, I just, I have, a hard time reconciling with the idea of art not being human made and to me tarot is an art and so is that just a matter of the emotion behind it the expression behind it and the energy all of it okay so you know i have used ai in producing this podcast the theme music that we've got was written by AI. Uh, I am funding this project myself, and I I could not afford to pay somebody to compose this music and to perform this music. Um, should we ever become profitable, one of the first things I want to do is to ask a human being to do the music. But it does does kind of level certain playing fields. So we were able to have music. And we also used AI as we're recording this podcast. We have a new cover art for our show, and that was developed using AI. Now, I will say the road to get there was pretty rough for me. I initially didn't have a great impression of AI art. I went to a couple sites and I punched in the prompt a 
grassy hillside with two glowing paths meeting in the distance. And the first couple AI programs I tried gave me, you know, just a comic book style hypersexualized woman. And uh, <laughs> it's, it, it really didn't work for us. Ultimately, I got, I think I, I used Adobe for the one that I've got, that we've got now. Um, prior to that, if you look at episodes one and two, that those still should show the original cover art that we used, which is just one of my Labradorites. But we do, we do have that. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of with you guys in that something rubs me the wrong way about asking a computer to be an artist. Like, yeah, let's, let's, give machines and robots all the tasks that we don't want to do, but isn't creating art something that we should keep for ourselves. But it did also get me thinking about, so here I am struggling to find this deck that I like and could, if, if I were able to use AI, could I create my own deck? You know, like not, not anything to sell, not anything to publish, but just something I could use myself and because I'm not, I'm not an artist. I don't have any <laughs> skill in drawing. And I know I do have a history with photography and I know a lot of people who are skilled at drawing and painting sometimes say that photography is not an art style. And I do find that relatively offensive sometimes because um, I do put a lot of work into composition of my pieces. And I, I feel like I do hear a lot of the same arguments directed towards AI, and I'm not sure. I kind of fall on both sides of the coin there. I'm not really sure how I feel. But it did get me thinking about if I were to make my own deck just for myself, what would it be like? I got very excited about it and I started thinking, oh, what what might I put into a deck like this? And I know a few episodes ago, I commented that I wanted a deck with the Minor Arcana all just plain playing cards, but still an illustrated Major Arcana. And that idea popped up in my head. I'm like, no, I can't do that. That's too boring. So my apologies if I offended anybody by saying, why doesn't this exist? I know why it doesn't exist now, because we want to express ourselves. <laughs> but I was imagining this uh, I, this cool deck of, instead of the the standard suits, I was thinking a fantasy creature themed deck. So for something like the swords, our suit of thought and uh, communication. I was thinking dragons. Those would fit nicely with the swords. I was thinking for our pentacles, the suit of finances, got to be goblinoids, right? Right? Smart. Like yep. Harry, Harry Potter style goblins or something. Yes. I love it. Yes, absolutely. And then for our cups, the our suit of emotions, I was going to have Faye. Like perfect, Sylvan, yes, I love it. Yeah. style creatures, maybe squeeze a unicorn in there. I would buy it right there. I would buy it, yeah, for sure. And then so for, for ones, you know, our our suit of inspiration and imagination. I thought mm -hmm. definitely chimeras, as many different chimeras as I can squeeze in there. Put our our griffins in there and our oh, absolutely. I can you it. do can you do owl bears? Is that copyrighted? Can I even say owl bears on here? I don't know. They're they're cool chimeras though, and manticores and maybe even mermaids or something like that. But anyways, that was I that's what I was thinking. By the way, owl bear is not copywritten. Well then I'll I'm gonna throw an owl bear in there. Owl bear in right there. I I mean I I did actually, you know, while I was fiddling with uh, uh, the Adobe, um, I think it's called Firefly, their AI. Mm -hmm. 
since we are talking about the sixes today, I had this idea for the six of pentacles where there would be like three little goblins on one side of a scale and three other little goblins trying to climb up on the other side of the scale. And I did plug, I plugged a bunch of different prompts like that into the Adobe one and I, it, it couldn't do that, like not even close. Ooh. So no, I, I understand what you mean, what you mean, like, and I, and I totally understand the constraints of, of money and AI being a more affordable route for some of these options until we are able to, to make it a little more homegrown, I guess. I just, I don't know. I have, I have Terminator nightmares, I think. <laughs> with AI. I mean, there, there was a whole movie series about why it's a bad idea so I I think I think I've just it's it's just been programmed into me that I should be suspicious of AI and I but I also like in in seriousness I just I don't feel the human connection that I that I think I want to feel like I I realize that there's a a creativity in wordsmithing your request in such a way that you might find what you're looking for or it might pop up the way that you were thinking but there's there's a, a loss of collaboration and a loss of I think human creativity on a more basic level that I feel is missing with AI generated things and I don't know I, I have a hard time getting past that so let's say you, you see this beautiful deck and you know it's an AI deck, but you're drawn to it. Would you would you turn it down? I mean, I without being in the situation, I don't know. But I I yeah. at this point in time, without seeing artwork and without being drawn to something, no. But it it's 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 not an easy question to answer at this moment because we're mm -hmm. not facing that right now. I think right now it's clumsy enough that you can tell, but. I mean, give it a couple of years and it'll probably be good enough that you won't quite be able to tell so much between the random musings of someone who's like just very artsy and, you know, kind of modern in their or contemporary in their art and an AI that's kind of pulling random images together, but they kind of have a theme to them. But to me, like the idea of AI creeping into these spaces it because it's it's a mimic so it's not it's not a genuine authentic creator and that's I think that's what bothers me so much about it being in the art realm yeah so again within education we've had a lot of conversations about this and there's a lot of there's a lot packed into that term authentic and a lot of questioning of what makes something authentic and how do you recognize it. And But I think basically everyone I've spoken to has some unnameable trepidation over allowing AI to take over this leisure, this happy activity, this, you know, if the expression of art is what makes us human, then we're giving up a lot of power though i do have to say your choice of the word programming in your thinking was a little i don't know ironic concerning meta meta <laughs> <laughs> well we do program i mean programming i think is is a loose term that we're more used to hearing with machines and computer programming but programming is pre computer age i mean maybe not the specific term but we've all been programmed in a way like i i know that it's a computer term but we've all been conditioned how about that we've all been conditioned just the same kind of thing to like from child from childhood from babydom <laughs> like we've been no, I... conditioned programmed whatever term you'd like to use yeah, no, I was just picking on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as I said, I couldn't I couldn't uh, get this to work with the Adobe. Maybe I should go back to the comic book kind of generator and see if it could do that. But I'm not even sure I remember. 
what it was. Anyways, this I've been babbling about this and what I'm kind of curious about, if you had the opportunity either, even if not with AI, but with a human collaborator, if you had the opportunity to kind of create your deck, do you have any thoughts on what that might involve? I mean, when you brought up the um, that photography is an art that you enjoy, I would love to see a tarot deck that is live photography that, you know, you pose different people, different models with the different items. Like, I think that would be gorgeous. I don't even know that I've seen something. I mean, I've seen like, I think I've seen a blending of illustration and photography maybe in some tarot decks, but I don't know that I've ever seen a tarot deck that is completely 100% photography. I think that would be fascinating. I would love that. I think I could do that. I'm going to have to think about that. I would love to collaborate on that with you. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. And if any artists out there do want to collaborate on that fantasy race theme deck you just let me know joanna how about you any thoughts yeah otters i i would want otters um cats that are dogs puppies if Each it has suit. fur she wants it oh my god you could do it you could do a whole animal theme change my mind i want an animal themed tarot deck boom give me the so, dogs give me the otters give me the cats give me the give me the bats give me the rats give me a, give, give me them all all mixed together or would you want to choose like four families and Everybody. <laughs> the, the otters could all work with the wands or exactly the dogs and yeah that's what i want that's what i want i, I was gonna go with uh i love abstract art and i want my favorite colors in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. back burner animals all right the other thing in our last episode we talked about what to do if you purchased a a secondhand deck things that you might do and I know we said then that maybe this episode we could cover what to do if you have a new deck but uh, I like our AI conversation I'd like to include that and it went on pretty long so we, we may go ahead and save cleansing rituals or any what you want to call them uh maybe for a future episode right now we do need to get into the cards themselves so the sixes as a family uh based on the numerology sixes tend to represent harmony they look for balance i would like to start out talking about the six of wands So looking at the traditional Rider Waite and Smith deck, the Six of Wands depicts a character on horseback holding a staff in the air with a victory wreath on it. There are people in the background all carrying their own staves. Most of the sources I was looking at were clear to point out that the person on horseback their staff is held higher than all the others. So this does seem to be our victory card. This card does suggest that we should recognize our achievements. For a reversed meaning, this can indicate a temporary setback, but it suggests that we are still on the path to victory. Joanne, Teresa, let me ask your opinion on this. So when I look at this card, it's it's a conflicting meaning or a dual meaning card to me. In the in the radiant deck, the expression on the horse rider's face looks unhappy or angry. In the Arthurian legend deck, he looks resigned. And I like I see that everyone is celebrating. It's it's kind of like, you know, the hero's welcome home, you know, the the battle has been done, you know, is, has been won. You saved the kingdom. Welcome back home. We're going to celebrate you. We're going to glorify you. But having been in the military and being close to veterans, I understand uh, the effect of PTSD on them. I've seen it firsthand. And to me, this is 
sure it's a victory, but at what cost in the artwork of these cards, there is a cost. There is a steep cost to the victory. Everyone, like everyone who's, who has not been part of the battle is glorifying the victory, but they don't understand what it took to get there. And they don't understand what you gave up in order to get it. And that's what I see in this, in the Buffy deck. It's her training dummy. So it's a little less, it's a little more neutral. And the description that's written down is you're absolutely killing it. The best part, people are taking notice. If you're sensing extra attention, it's because you earned it. Your hard work is paying off. You're hitting your targets. And although you still have some work to do, it's important to give yourself a pat on the back, maybe several pats, a pet buffet. Um, That one is a lot lighter, a lot happier, and has no extra like heaviness to it. Anything to add, Joanne? Looking at my little Renaissance wands are actually more of a failure. Um, And it's interesting when you go between certain decks, everything might have the same theme, but they're never like textbook perfect. For um, my Renaissance deck, the wands, it's unfairness and failure and obstacles, just huge obstacles, which I think goes with that theme between the different decks. So the Rider Waite Smith deck, you know, it's the victory, which looking at the card, it's clearly a victory. There is celebration. In my Renaissance deck, and I'll explain as much as I can, it's an older man playing an instrument by himself. And to me, you can play for yourself, but when you're standing on stage and nobody's there, that's the indication of failure and and the obstacles you have to go through to get somebody to listen. So I pulled out one card from the Tina Gong deck that I wanted to talk about today. And the six of staves or the six of wands in her deck, it's still got that victory. It's still got one character in it. But all of the other decks that I have looked at, including the Rider Waite and Smith deck, we have that one character sitting high above, you know, Mm -hmm. on a horse, sitting high above the rest of the crowd that person's wand is higher than the other ones you see on the card. And in Tina's depiction of this uh, card, we kind of have that character more in the foreground and the other ones are still at the same level. Actually on the card, they're printed as higher, but it's more like they're in the background. And I just feel more of a sense of community support in her card. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that would affect my reading of this. I, I just liked it. Actually looking at the card, it does seem like that community of we did it, not I did it, but we did it. And I don't know why it feels that way, but it feels like that we did it. In some of the, you know, the writer Wait Smith deck, he did it. There is no, you know, it's not like we did it, it's he did it. So it's that's very interesting. It's a very interesting card. Well, I would like to move on to the Six of Cups. The Six of Cups, I'll admit I'm a little confused by this card, by what this card is trying to tell us, but let me go into what my notes have. So the card itself, uh, it is a cheerful, bright yellow village. It is two young children and we see the six cups all containing flowers and one child is handing a cup to the other i don't know that that's important and absolutely all of the sources that i've looked at for this all use the same word the word nostalgia and looking at the six as harmony and the cups as our relationship suit this does seem to suggest that we are trying to seek balance in our lives we are trying to i i believe i see this card as suggesting we look back to our roots to where we came from and maybe remembering 
simpler times. Can I get your impression on this card? It's interesting because, yeah, nostalgia does run a theme in, in, in with these for my Renaissance deck to explain it. It's a man and a woman and they're standing underneath, you know, there's flowers, you got the cups around, but they're in a very loving, they're looking at each other very lovingly. And, and to me, it's more of a reunion, happiness. It's a joyful card. You know, they're happy to be together again. That's what it's always meant for me. So that nostalgic theme does make sense. But I'm I'm curious. So I get that we see a sense of nostalgia in here. Mm-hmm. And it does seem to be very positive. Uh, I did not mention the reverse meaning. The reverse meaning might suggest too much of an involvement with nostalgia. But again, so I I get that we have this feeling of nostalgia coming off this card and probably this joyful feeling. But what is it really telling us? Or when this pops up in a reading, how how is it used? It's being okay with thinking about your past very fondly thinking about the good times, but don't get get so engrossed and don't let it overwhelm you or something that causes you to kind of fall into that rabbit hole. We're all old enough to appreciate that we've had some really good times. We miss our younger bodies maybe, or our younger abilities or our fresh outlook on, you know, having our lives ahead of us and we can go any direction that we want. And we haven't You know, we remember how it felt before we ran up against certain challenges or obstacles that prevented us from steamrolling to whatever goal we thought we we wanted at the time. So I think I think this six of cups, as far as the nostalgia goes, it's a fine line to walk to not get stuck in in the past. And I think it's very easy just in general with human nature to stay where it feels good, especially if you're going through a tough time. It Because it's a nostalgic card, because it's about looking back to the past. So looking back at the writer Waite Smith, do you, like, I kind of see the, um, you know, you've got the kids and they're having a lovely little moment in their innocence, but off to the side, you can see a guard with his spear walking by doing adult duties. I don't, I don't know that that's how I would um, illustrate this card to reflect nostalgia, but to me, it, it kind of feels like, you know, yes, stop and smell the roses for a moment. um, But don't forget your duties in um, the Arthurian legend deck. It shows someone sitting on the rocks watching the younger, um, a young, you know, three younger people and their dog swimming in a pond. And then in the Buffy deck, it's the band candy episode when Giles, when all the, when all the um, adults reverted back to um, a teenage mentality, which is pretty funny, I think. But I think, I think if that, if that card, if this card pops up, depending on the deck, and depending on the cards that are around it too, like if they're all happy, if they're all like positive cards, I would probably say something to the effect of, you know what, go ahead and enjoy that memory or go ahead and reminisce. Maybe it's around the holidays or around a birthday or a milestone birthday. And that's a good time to reminisce on, you know, who who you were before and how you've grown into the person that you've become. But if there were, if, you know, like, for example, if the devil card came up, I would say that take care to not get stuck in the past. That's probably how I would read it. So I do believe in her book, Stephanie Capone specifically talked about that soldier in the background. She mentioned that in her interpretation, that soldier is there to protect the children, suggesting that maybe it was a safe time to indulge in the nostalgia. And I think looking at your Arthurian card, um, it the adult does look kind of lifeguard-like being there to protect the children as they play. 
Yeah, I could totally see it. I, I, but I think that's the beauty of interpretation and the human experience of being able to link that to what you're familiar with. Now, I did want to share one card going back to the Shadowscapes deck. I like this card because it, it doesn't really show the, the cups. It shows children having a little tea party. So it's, you know, it's a young girl giving tea to her teddy bears and other stuffed animals. And I just, I don't think it changes the meaning at all. I just think it's really cute. That's adorable. And I used to do the same thing with all my little stuffed animals. Aw, see, nostalgia. And that brings us to the Six of Swords. Looking at the Pamela Smith art on this card, we've got, it looks like a family, perhaps, in a boat. There's a male character, possibly a female character, and then a child. The male character is rowing the boat. They seem to be, the picture suggests that they are going from rough waters to smoother waters. So I think we are seeing kind of a a trend, I'll say, with the sixes, which is not so much necessarily harmony and balance uh, the way the six would suggest, but we are entering a period of calm after having been in a period of strife. So this card suggests that the storm has passed, the worst is behind us, and we need to be ready to move on beyond that struggle that we had. For a reversed meaning, it might suggest that we are having trouble moving on and need to pay attention to what is keeping us back. Joanne, Teresa? Looking at looking at the um, Smith artwork, the, the figures who are sitting in the boat, at least the hooded one, the, the larger person of the two, uh, one of them is obviously, or looks like a child, and one of them is an adult, but they're kind of hunched over. It looks like, to me, it kind of gives um, like refugee type of messaging there. It, it, it looks like it could be like refugee from one, you know, a dangerous place to searching out for a, a p- more peaceful way of life. Um, in the Arthurian legend deck, it's the, it's movement or journey by water passage away from danger, stepping into the unknown, a brave attempt to improve one's circumstances. So uh, to me, it, it just, it kind of, um, fuels that idea of moving from away from danger to a more peaceful existence, but also like journey by water. Sometimes I've pulled this card, you know, flippantly. I mean, it, it depends on the seriousness of, of the reading. You can do like just for fun readings that are not, you know, I feel like we're, I feel like the last few episodes, we've maybe been like very serious about like, oh, it's like this. And there's like, look at this artwork and this nuance of, of this or whatever. But I've pulled this and it was like, oh, someone's going on a cruise. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's fun. You know, like, so it's, just to bring a little bit of levity into the into it also like it's not always it's usually not um a very serious reading like tarot is not usually quite so serious like yes it can be but i i i do like i feel like we've really and maybe it's just like the tone of everything lately for me i just feel like everything is so serious so it could be it could be something as as simple as going on a cruise or going on a boat ride or something like that or taking sailing lessons like it could be something like that. Joanne, go ahead, take it away. Okie dokie. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. It, it it is the transition leaving behind after you know something major has happened. That transition of peacefulness and getting away and and healing is what I've always found with this card what I've pulled it out. But again, it could be, it depends on what's around it. But for the most part, it's always been that you're transitioning from something as simple as you were living with your parents and now you're on your own to you're leaving behind your abuser and finally being able to move on, move on from that relationship and and free yourself from it or going on a cruise, one of the two. 
I think another thing, like, again, there's a lot of nuance in, in the artwork and the cards, and it just depends on what's popping out at you. I think that you could also see the ferryman, you know, if, if there's if there's a helper in that card, I think it, you could interpret that there might be someone that could, that a supporter or someone who helps you through or gives you a helping hand in whatever rough time that you might be going through. Again, it totally depends on what pops out at you at the time, what the rest of the reading has been telling you, but just, I think it's pay attention to the details and and feel it out. See what, what pops out to you. Okay. Thank you. And that will bring us back to our pentacles. So again, the pentacles being our suit of finances and looking at the sixes as balance and harmony. This is the card of charity. We do see a man who looks very successful, is holding in one hand scales that are balanced and is handing out money to the less fortunate. When we see this card upright, it does encourage us to share the wealth, to bring balance and to do it as selflessly as possible. I did see an interesting interpretation of a reversed meaning from this, specifically from Stephanie Capone. And she suggested, be wary of people who loan you money that comes with strings attached. So I did want to ask, we talked last time about the, the Five of Pentacles, and I know there we saw it from the perspective of the needy. I kind of saw it a little reversed. But in that card, we saw the people who were left outside, uh, the people who were needing charity. Can you tell me the differences that you're feeling from this card and the last? Well, in the in the fives, the five of pentacles, they were ignored. They were not... Um being engaged with they were left out in the cold in the sixes and in, in the six of pentacles they are actually receiving charity they're receiving gifts from the more fortunate person and they're being engaged with and so what would you say the difference is in what these two cards are encouraging us to do when you look at the five it's the money insecurity you don't know where your next meal is going to be or where the next roof over your head is, where the six is generosity, somebody being generous with that, given the gold, whatever, you know, on the cards, but it's that generosity, being able to give that generosity to that person. I think also like, as I'm, as I'm processing your question, Jeff, I think the way that I would read it, like, but the difference in the way that I would read the five of pentacles compared to the six of pentacles, I would probably identify the reader. Should I pull the five of pentacles as one of the needy or not? And and it's not necessarily materially, like maybe they're lacking attention from someone, maybe they're lacking love or connection. Although typically, yes, this is a, a monetary card, but as far as the difference of, of the six of pentacles, I would probably identify the way that I would read it, I would identify the the person I'm reading for as the more fortunate one who is able to give charity and who should share some of their surplus. So you may recall that when we looked at the Five of Pentacles, I read this as a charity card, as a make sure you remember those who have less. But again, I'm going to turn back to the Shadowscapes deck. I really like her version of this card. And the pentacles are not actually being handed out, but they're part of a spray of water that is nurturing a baby plant. And I was just in, in contemplating myself what the difference between these cards might be. I do feel like the five was definitely charity between people, whereas what I'm seeing in the Shadowscapes deck is more of a global or a general generosity, a taking care of not just the people around us, but 
the planet and just a different form of charity. I don't feel like the six, I mean, the sixes are kind of meh. Like the aces were so hopeful. Uh huh. And the twos gave like had choices. Threes, fours, five. I, f- I feel like we're still like on the same theme of like, yes, and or yes, but. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? Like it, it feel it feels like there's... I don't think the whole suit of sixes is like that. I mean, yes, there's definitely definitely a couple of cards absolutely like that. I, I think. Yeah, true. Maybe it's just all going hand in hand with the complexity of the world right now, with the complexity mm-hmm. of reading tarot, because it can mean so many different things depending on so many different factors. It, it's like a, a riddle or a puzzle story to figure out here's a question i have for you two and i don't know if it's been the same for you but i've noticed when i have done readings in the past couple of months it's been very i don't want to say dark and doom and gloom but it's like they've been heavy readings lately and i don't know if it's because of so when you do tarot it is, your mood does impact what we do and what we read and how we feel. And I think it impacts the reading. How have your readings been? Not very hopeful, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Okay, I'm not alone. (laughs) It's it's been a little um, ominous and- um... It's been hard to read. With my own community, with my own spiritual tribe of friends, there, I mean, I've got friends who are channelers, I've got friends who are mediums, I've got, um, we all kind of share different podcasts with each other, um, different videos or different books and things. Um, All of us do Akashic Records. Um, So we've got like a whole mixed bag of different kinds of readers and spiritual practitioners, but something that's been popping up a lot lately, that's been very alarming for me. The earth is going as, is apparently according to many different people is going through a big shift now and very soon. And there's going to be a lot of things that are accelerating according to different people. They're all kind of saying very similar things. So I've been a little bit, I've been very concerned about that. Cause I'm like, well, what does that look like? I'm being the human. I'm like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Like, how is that going to pan out for me? And so when I, when I've pulled my cards, it's been more from, you know, a concerned place. And I keep getting, I do get a lot of, don't worry. Like it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's, it's complicated, I guess. I do want to say again, thank you so much, Joanne and Teresa, for joining me today. It has, as always, been a pleasure. This is like a bright spot on my week when we get to do this. I like getting together, the three of us. It's nice. Uh, I am glad you feel that way. And I will say I am looking forward to uh, talking again with you when we go on to the sevens. Greetings, travelers, and welcome once again to the Arcanist's Corner. So earlier this episode, I did I talked about using some AI art programs. I wanted to kind of fill you in on some of the things that I found when I was doing that. So I mentioned I was giving the various AIs I was working with this prompt on putting six goblins on either side of a scale. And I had several ways that I was phrasing it. And what I found was like the Adobe software that I was using, it knew exactly what a scale was and what I meant. And it it gave me some beautiful, you know, two-sided scales and balancing and this, that, and the other, but it had very little idea what a goblin was. Uh, it just wasn't giving me what I wanted there. And then I went back to the the kind of comic book style art one uh, 
had a lot of fantasy art there too. And it gave me some really cool looking goblins, but had absolutely no idea what a scale was. Uh, the more I focused on the word scale, the more it gave me like dragons or serpents and stuff like that. And then I, I will say none of the AI programs that I used could count to six. Uh, it gave me any number of goblins except rarely six. So I did look at a bunch of other generative AI art examples and the prompts that inspired them. And what I saw, it seemed that the AI really keyed into one or two key words out of the prompt and then kind of ignored the rest or didn't understand the rest. So I'm not sure how much really the prompt matters. I've got to think that the real artistry with AI art comes from the programming. Anyhow, I do want to get back to a little bit of our conversation today and last week, actually. I know in my Arcanist Corner last week, I, I talked about the phrase, the universe will provide. And I know I was kind of negative about it. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm always coming here with a negative message, but you know, these things get me thinking and the, the deep thoughts tend to be cautionary, let's say. But I did acknowledge that it was a very positive message and it does inspire hope in a lot of people who desperately need that. And where it connects to what we were talking about today is the Six of Swords. With all of the experience that I had with tarot prior to this show, and I am pretty much saving my learning for the same pace that you might be going. Uh, I am learning these cards one show at a time. But in what I have read about various different tarot cards, I think that the Six of Swords is going to end up being my favorite card. I'm always inspired by the thought that the worst is behind us, right? We are taking this ship, this boat, from rough waters into calm waters. And that brings me a lot of comfort. And I think there are a lot of people out there who need to get on that boat, who need to start making for calmer waters. And I know for a lot of us, we may feel stuck, trapped uh, in whatever situation we're in. If that is the case, I hope you remember that there is no situation that cannot be changed. I know it doesn't always feel that way. I know we may feel tethered to a certain situation, or we may feel exhausted, too exhausted to make a change, or for whatever reason, just don't feel that we have that agency. But hear what the Six of Swords is telling us. We can get on that boat. We can make for calmer waters. If we are feeling that tethering, if we are feeling that lack of agency, we can start small. Anything, any little change. Take a new route to work tomorrow. Try something different with your dinner routine. Try something different with your after dinner routine. Anything, any little change. Anything you can do to disrupt your stagnation. And soon you'll see, you have agency. You can make a change. I guess I'm still using that phrase, the universe will provide. Get on the boat. And until the next time our paths cross, I wish you well on your journey. Leyline Junction is hosted and produced by Jeff Sternstein. The guests this week were me, Joanne Beth, and Teresa Bergato. If you want to support the show, the best thing you could do is to rate us and post a review for our show wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit us and drop us a line on Instagram at Leyline Junction, no spaces or underscores. Joanne, Teresa. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank um, you. Thank you. We are going to talk about the fours today. 
Um, but sixes. We're talking about sixes today. We talked about the fours like a month ago. Um, <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, right. we are? Like, right. I didn't are we? I wasn't prepared for that one. I, I mean we could, we could go back. Out. We could go back to that one, but I've got all my sixes out right now. Right. <laughs> I totally I'm said gonna have sixes. to go sorting through my deck. <laughs> I totally had said sixes. We've we've got it recorded. Well, I'll <laughs> prove it. All right. Take two. I we do have to be careful with the D&D references because D&D has a creature called a chimera. The diehard D&D fans that are c going oh. to come at me and say a manticore isn't a chimera. It's like people out here it's like people out here think they know what pizza is and they don't. <laughs> Only people from Chicago know. They don't yes. know. Well, okay. if you do want to send me any hate mail about using the word chimera and not using the D&D version of chimera, we're on Instagram. Send us a note. <laughs> also, if you're not happy with the pizza comment, you're wrong. Chicago does you make the wrong. best pizza. If you really, if you really want to get hate mail, and I know you're not going to include this, Please, or maybe, yes. maybe, maybe you will. I don't know. Maybe you'll put it in the bloopers. <laughs> Cheese steaks? Why? 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 <laughs> they're they're bland, unseasoned Italian beefs, basically. Like, why would you not just do Italian beef? At least it's got flavor. It's just plain beef. It's just plain roast beef. I'm like. If you put some spices in it, it would be an Italian beef, and then it would be yummy. <laughs> this is gross. Wow, my words are... I think this is non-alcoholic. <laughs> pretty sure. You speak good English. I'm pretty um, sure this is not alcoholic. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I would like to thank my guests, Teresa and Joanne. Um, thank you very I'll try that. Good again. Yeah. Take two. <laughs> <laughs>